0: This is All India Video. In the program Spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on digital communications in India, role of FDI. The participants are Jitain Kumar Jain, cyber expert and Momita Bakshi Chatterjee, journalist.
1: Minister for Electronics, IT and Communications Mr. Ravi Shankar Prasad today addressed Invest Digicom 2019 where he spoke about the great opportunities that India offers in the digital communications sector. The minister talked about how India must aspire to be the largest FDI recipient globally and he spoke how India has everything going for it today to attract the top dollars. The government has been putting a very aggressive hard sell on uh, India as a destination for foreign investors and the minister today made it very clear, he sent out a very strong signal to potential investors where he said that, you know, government is open and accessible and any investor can, I'm just a phone call away and any investor can call me anytime they want. So given this backdrop of, you know, the tax relief that has come in for corporates as well as manufacturing units, the recent CEO roundtable that the minister held with the entire digital industry, digital communications industry, what role do you see of the digital communications sector in India, in India's quest? to become a $5 trillion economy.
0: You see... Prime Minister himself in the last year has been leading this entire government initiative to opening up India to the foreign direct investment. Even in the US, a couple of days back, he held a roundtable with the top CEOs in US. And every country he has gone, he has met leaders of the big companies across the world, inviting them to India. In a way, transforming government for giving all sort of one single window clearances. So that initiative and that quest for FDI in India's larger investment space is now, you know, percolating to all the ministries. Especially if you see In the last 10 to 15 years, India has become sort of a software superpower in the world. It has been a thriving industry, but most of the work has been outsourced, software work, sort of an outsourcing economy. But in the last five years, with the Startup India Initiative, Digital India Initiative, you know, Make in India Initiative, you are seeing a new transformation in the IT sector where a lot of new startups are coming in. And India is sort of becoming a booming space for AI, you know, IoT and machine machine learning. So this presents us a new opportunity to increase the investment in the IT sector. Today, if you see out of, you know, 64 billion for investment, we have IT sector is attracting around 6.5 billion of worth of foreign investment. Telecom has, I think, 2.8 or something. So overall, if you see, it's less than 10 billion FDI in both the sectors. And this is at a time when we are facing sort of economic slowdown. We have got 100% in telecom and IT. We have now a reduced rate of 22% taxation in corporate tax, which is almost at par with other, you know, Asian countries. So today is a time where you could actually, you know, give a fresh push for FDI in India. So, you've got homegrown technologies, you've got the best tax rates in the world, you've got a very willing government. So, you know, there is nothing else you could ask for. So, I think this is the most fortunate time for IT sector to invite more FDI.
1: We've also seen, uh, so on September 16th, when Mr. Prasad held a roundtable with the who's who of the industry, you know, he invited telecom CEOs, manufacturing, electronics, manufacturing, strategic electronics. CEOs and leaders of the industry. And then we saw a push by the government to say that, you know, look, we have done well for ourselves in mobile manufacturing today. We have got the world's biggest names in India, manufacturing for India, some of them also exporting. Yeah. And now we want to take it to the next level where we want to bring in component manufacturers in India. Yeah. Do you see a sort of a change in track where now we're looking at things beyond what we have achieved. You know, we are giving it a push beyond what we have done so far. You
0: see, we were a $92 billion telecom import economy in the world, or collectively one of the biggest economies. We didn't have indigenous hardware testing facilities. We didn't have indigenous manufacturing facilities in the hardware sector. We missed that, you know, second industrial, third industrial revolution. But at the age of this new data revolution, what is coming in? See, 15 odd years ago, we had hardly two telecom manufacturing industries in the world. Today, we have more than 250, which is a huge jump uh, courtesy of the policies of this government. You see, out of 130 odd mobile phones in India, which are operating 40 crores are smartphones in the world. That is a new platform for data consumption, data innovation. It is, you know, all sort of things are happening. E-hospitals, e-governance, digital banking. As Minister said in the conference today, we are ensuring that technology is not only used, you know, for powerful of a government, it is also used for empowerment of those who are standing at the last leg of society. And he gave an example of Aadhaar, which is a complete wonderful example of completely homegrown technology, homegrown security, entire ecosystem is homegrown. So what he was trying to convey is that, look, if you have got homegrown technologies, you've got homegrown startups, and you have got such low tax rates, FDI will definitely come in because if you have homegrown technology and good competitive rates, you can invite FDI. So what he's suggesting is that, you know, ensure this revolution of digital inclusion reaches the rural India. And that is where the entire opportunity lies using AI and, you know, IOTs and digital learning. So this whole 40 crore mobile phone platform, in India is sort of projecting a picture that India is not only the largest growing economy in the world; it is actually the largest growing digital economy in the world.
1: I think he also made a very interesting point. He said, as an economy, when we have come to to being the fifth largest in the world, why should the FDI, in terms of FDI recipient, should we be the ninth largest? So let us try to to push ourselves to become the largest yes. uh, FDI recipient. And he said all the building blocks are now in place. place. He also talked about the fact that uh, you know India has this vast talent pool, and now there is this government which. Which is, you know, doing its best to have enablers, policy enablers and sweetness in place. So, there is no reason why India cannot be the largest in terms of FDI recipient.
0: You see, he did speak about data also. Many people said that data is going to bring the new revolution. The data is the new oil. And a minister also conveyed the same sentiment. I mean, data should not only be a oil for us. We have to become an oil refinery. Collectively, we should make India as the data refinery of the world. So, with that, he means that, you know, let's open up data centers. Let's open up data processing units. Let's become the data hub of the world. Let's become, from the software development outsourcing work, let shift to the data entrepreneurship, data processing, sort of bank of the world.
1: And while also finally balancing data privacy aspects, because that is something else he has been very passionate about. So he said, we have to strike a fine balance between data anonymization, utilization. So there is a data protection law that is, you know, going to come in. There There were some
0: initial concerns about the digital hygiene in India, that the way at the speed on which digital revolution or digital India was going on, we were probably lacking in the digital awareness and digital security. But government is now putting a focus on that also. All the PSUs are being audited best practices have been put in IT law has been amended so we have got all the ecosystems in place we have got a very robust cert we have got like sectoral certs for the financial sector for the IT sector for the banking sector when he gave the example of Aadhaar he made a very interesting thing he said this is one of the biggest data repositories in the world there have been allegations of profiling and he gave an example that you know Aadhaar has your name it has your address it has your father's name but what it does not have is your religion your sexual preferences your financial records so, there is no way government could ever profile based on your, you know, sexual orientation, your religious beliefs or your medical history. And that is how it should be. I mean, this is one of the finest examples of, you know, a counter-argument that how beautifully government has implemented Aadhaar. And the entire Aadhaar ecosystem, including the stack, security and the enablement or the connectivity with the third-party companies or industries, is completely homegrown. There is no foreign technology here. And many countries, especially in Africa, are now following Aadhaar's ecosystem. So, it gives you a new opportunity that, you know, for 15-20 years, you have enjoyed this entire narrative of India as the largest software superpower, we were actually not. We were only the outsourced laborers. But today, in last five years, we are becoming sort of the new entrepreneurs of the world. We have got the largest startup ecosystem in the world, almost competing with Israel and USA. We have got one of the finest startups which are coming up in defense and AI and in, in the drone technologies in the agriculture sector. So let's harness that talent. Let's harness that pool. And if you have the skill set, if you have an enabling environment, if you have a willing government, and if there is a problem of investment and money, government has a fund of 10,000 Roads for the startups, and they're also inviting foreign sector to have 100% FDI here. So, I mean, earlier what would happen that you know a startup would come, they would succeed in five to seven years, and those who succeeded, they shifted their bases and headquarters out of India. But now there is a reverse, you know, thing which is happening that startups are willing to stay in India. I mean, that should happen if you have a competitive tax rate and a enabling environment, and no unnecessary harassment by the tax official. Though that is one of the beautiful so that is the things ease that, of doing business. That's what government has ensured that if you are a startup, you don't have to have this 100% compliance of stringent laws like labor laws and stuff, you might end up committing few small mistakes. You are a startup at the end of the day. A 20-year-old may not completely know how to comply with the PF law, but government is willing to give them that opportunity by you know self-declarations or three-year compliance period. So if you enable a competing environment, an independent environment, a youngster in the early ages of his life where he has got the risk-taking ability will take the risk for you. So that's, I think, the entire reason behind minister's speech that please create a enabling environment. I and mean, in a way, he was talking and sending a message to the bureaucrats that Prime Minister is putting his best, we are putting our best, we are putting policies in place, but you have to ensure that those policies are executed and does not only remain on paper.
1: In fact, uh, he made a very interesting statement. He said that if any foreign investor is not given a good treatment by my officers, I'll not like it. And if I hear a complaint, I want my team to be open and accessible because we need these investments. So that message going out very strongly strongly to, to the bureaucrats and to all the officials within the DOT that if there is a foreign investor who is facing a problem and I remember he did allude to it even on the day he met the industry leaders one of the points he made was that let's have a task force so let this meeting not be an end in itself yes. let this be a beginning so yeah. I want to have a task force he said where we regularly monitor what are the problems that a manufacturer faces you know when he comes into the country or when he ramps up his operations and let us let's be in a listening mode when those complaints come to us.
0: You see that has been all always a hallmark of any Modi government if it was for 15-20 years in Gujarat or you know his previous term, he has always ensured that if somebody is willing to come and invest in your state make sure that you give him a proper stage a proper environment a proper listening bureaucracy and ensure that his problems are addressed at the earliest so that same culture has now come into the central government it took a couple of years to, for the other ministers and politicians to understand that you know how he would love to you know run this government but that culture is set in now and this is what is reflecting the nonsense. ministers we are open
1: are. For business that if somebody is
0: coming to willing and you know to invest in your country his hard and money please ensure that you give him a proper environment a proper listening bureaucracy uh, effective bureaucracy and bureaucracy should in a way you know become their complementing supporters in their investment journey not a bottleneck
1: one of the very interesting things he talked about today was the fact that the recent round of tax relief that has been given to manufacturing units actually puts india at par with competing locations like vietnam and thailand what do you think will be the impact of these tax incentives on manufacturing for instance, electronic manufacturing and digital communication. You
0: know, one of the greatest opportunities what India has probably not missed, we may be on the verge of missing, was that this complete slowdown in Chinese economy and the problems in Chinese economy were due to US-China trade war. A lot of companies have been shifting out of China. They've been going to Vietnam. They've been going to Korea. I think those companies should have come to India. So, if this announcements of tax cuts and, you know, other things would have come earlier, I think those, many of those companies would have come in India. But, you know, they ride Dorosthal. But so now India is sending we out a come, message to the yeah, world we're here. we're sending a message to the several manufacturing and outsourcing industry across the world, especially in the manufacturing sector, that look, India is a new destination. India is a new China. Please come here, set up your base. You will have the same similar preferential treatment. You will be given everything you need. So, we've been setting up SEZs. We've been setting up trade zones. But what was missing was the competitive tax rates so which have come in now in the economy which is almost like a diwali bonus for everyone so i think now the building blocks are in place so now you know it's passed to the bureaucracy
1: so you see more investments now coming up in automotive manufacturing and all of those areas that we haven't really attracted so far so we focused big time on phones you know that was one of our biggest success yeah. stories you know electronics manufacturing to quite an extent but these other areas and component manufacturers do you see them coming to india now
0: See, I would not comment on automobile sector because I'm not an expert, but since I'm from IT, I can tell you one thing that the major contribution to India's success and growth story will come from telecom and IT in the next 15 years. Even if you look at different exports, the majority of the actual defense exports you see will come from the AI-based defense products, antivirus products, which are classified as defense products, drone manufacturing, weaponizing the drones. So, you no know, these sort of technologies and things which are coming up in Indian startups, they will form a most competitive factor of India's defense export story. So, in my opinion, if you look at the future of next 15 to 20 years, the majority of the exports will come on from tech or tech-enabled sector. So, that is where I think we should focus.
1: In your opinion, what more needs to be done now? See,
0: I think one of the things which would recapitalize and uh, sort of create a new perception that whatever the relief which have been given to the corporate sector, I think some relief has to be given to the individual taxpayers. We should not have a, you know, situation where individuals are willing to shift to foreign countries, seek PR-ship or, you know, permanent residency of other countries like Canada and Singapore. We have to ensure that we create a comfort factor where an individual, a skilled individual is willing to stay in India. The moment you lose a skilled talent, you're not using a guy, you're losing a potential entrepreneur who could create more potential jobs. So I think that's where we should focus because that, you know, government, in my opinion, should announce some relief for the individual taxpayers.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.
0: You were listening to a discussion on digital communications in India, role of FDI. The participants were Jitain Kumar Jain, cyber expert, and Momita Bakshi Chatterjee, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at talks at gmail.com.